Every single day we take things for granted. We all forget to be thankful. Um, so it's important just to take a moment to pause, reflect on what it means to be thankful, the significance, the importance of being thankful. This is part three of a five-part message that I began just a couple weeks ago on prayer. And we're talking about prayer through this season of Lent, which is the 40-day lead-up to Easter. The idea is that we're getting stronger. We're feeling stronger every day. Prayer, uh, it's a discipline. It's like a muscle. The more that we exercise, the stronger that we get, the stronger that it gets. And I've already heard from a few of you that said, you know what, this has been helpful. It's been helpful. The, the genesis or the idea behind this series is just learning, teaching how to pray. Now, you may have heard someone else pray. You may have heard a grandmother or a pastor or somebody else pray in your life, and you tried to pick up some things from them, but who actually sat down with you and said, this is how you pray. This is what you do. Not many of us have had that experience. If you have, you're very fortunate, and you should be thankful for that. But not many of us have had someone just sit down and say, here's how you pray. So what I've found is that when someone like me stands up here and says, you should pray, you go, great, I agree with that. And then you leave and go, I have no idea how to do that. I have no idea how to do that. And so this, this model, really, this, this um, way that we pray, I'm hoping, is, is going to be helpful for you. And that as you pray, that you will get stronger. We're using the acronym ACTSS. And you can use your hand if you want to. A-C-T-S-S, as you're beginning to pray. Now, just to say one thing as an aside, there are lots of different prayers. And I'll, I'll bet that most of you have said some sort of prayer, whether you got in a moment of crisis. I mean, people say prayers whether or not they know how to say them or not, right? Um, people who are not believers or followers of Jesus will pray. And, and so prayer is common. So then there are lots of different types of prayer. When I get in a difficult circumstance, God help me. When I want her to say yes, God help her. When I, get, when I you know, if I need something at work or if I need something at school, God help me or God help me remember or something along those lines. But I'm talking about intentional, specific prayer. Intentional, specific prayer where you set aside a few moments, where you set aside some some amount of time where you say, I just, I just want to pray. I want to experience what it's like. I want to have the benefit of that in my life. So this acronym, ACTSS, is very helpful for that type of prayer. And it begins with adoration or praise. And we use Psalm 100 for that. God, you are amazing. And we did that this morning. And I'll bet that many of you felt the presence of God as we sang. You might not be familiar with that. You might not even know that, that that's what it was. But it's the very presence of God, the affirming presence of God, the warmth, the love, the grace, the kindness when we expect something else. Adoration, praise, builds that up. And it's out of that that our faith begins to sort of get stronger inside of us. As we praise God, our faith gets stronger, which lays a foundation for us to move to the next segment of prayer or the next segment of this particular prayer, which is confession. We talked about that last week, how we just say, God, if there's anything between me and you, if there's anything between me and you, would you tell me, would you let me know so that I can get it out of the way? That's what confession is. And then this week, as we're moving forward in this model of prayer, thanksgiving or thankfulness, now I want you to notice one thing. We didn't, 
We're not going to get to needs or what we need until next week. So we're already most of the way through our prayer before we start talking about the things that we need. But thankfulness will really set the stage in order for us to go to God with our needs. Being thankful for what we already have. If you have a Bible and you wouldn't mind turning with me, let's go to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. It's in the New Testament, the last third of your Bible there. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. Chapter 4, Philippians chapter 4. We do have Wi-Fi, so if you use a phone or tablet, you can log in there. Vineyard Public, there's actually no password. We do have some archaic things called paper Bibles over in the, the windows. That's a corny joke. But some of the old, older folks uh, appreciate that. <laughs> so Philippians chapter 4. Many of you are familiar with this passage. This is our, this particular chapter with this book, with this section of Scripture. This is written to the Christian church in the, in the Greek setting or in the Greek context. So most of these people who are making up the church or have given their life to Jesus within the church were not Jewish. They were Gentile. They were Greek. And so they come into this whole body of believers that we call the church, and they're, they're trying to figure life out. They're trying to figure out and actually trying to reconcile life before Jesus with their life now after they've made a commitment to Jesus, which is particularly helpful because that's really what you and I do, right? That's what we're doing. And so Scripture is so important and so key in, this, in our lives in this particular section of Scripture because it helps us figure things out. It helps us reconcile life before Jesus with now life after Jesus and how do those things meet and what goes and what stays and and what comes as a result of a commitment to Jesus. But Paul says this, the early church planter, Paul, says this in Philippians chapter 4. I have the uh, words here, the verses here on the screen behind me. He says this in 4.4, Rejoice in the Lord always. Rejoice in the Lord always. He's giving them uh, a way to live when they didn't know what that way looked like. This is how you live. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'm going to say it again. And anytime the Bible repeats itself, it is important. And it is something that we need to think through. It's something you think through. I'm going to say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. And just by the way, that's what we were doing yesterday in the hot dog outreach. I know it seemed like, what did Jessica say, monosodium, whatever she said that, that we were handing out. But what we were actually handing out was not a hot dog, it was kindness or gentleness. So let your gentleness be evident to all. Everybody that sees you, everybody that knows you, your kindness is renowned. Your gentleness is renowned. The Lord is near. Amen? Gosh, and this is how we do this. This is how we do this. What Paul is reminding the believers and and reminding us as well this morning is that you're not doing this alone rejoice the lord is near rejoice in the lord always let your kindness your gentleness be evident to all god is with you don't be anxious about anything who needs to hear that this morning who doesn't want to hear that this morning we keep on going verse <laughs> the second half of verse six part seven 
I don't have it, I don't have it with me, so I'm going to have to follow along with you. But it, is it not there? Oh, there we go. Wait, go back one. There we go. So we're not going to be anxious about anything, but in every situation, look to your neighbor and say every. Did you, do you notice here, here, do you notice the words that Paul is using, the, these words that are, that are imminent? I mean, he's using words like always, right? That's, that's pretty significant. In every situation. So it, does, it means we don't get to be selective. We don't, mean, we don't get to say, well, I like this situation, so I'm going to rejoice in that one. I don't like this one so much, so I'm not going to rejoice in that one. It means we might have to do a little work in the one we don't like so much to rejoice, but there's rejoicing to be had. By prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And then he's so helpful to give us the results. He's so helpful to tell us what's going to happen as we do this. And the peace of God, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I don't think there's a person in this room that would say, I could use that right now. I mean, just think about that for a second. Let that, let that sink in just for a moment. And the peace of God. You say, well, I want the peace of God. Well, you've got to back up a couple of verses. I want the peace of God. I want that that transcends my understanding. I want that calm in the midst of a difficult storm. I want my heart to be safe. I want him to guard my heart. Guard my heart and my mind as I am in Christ Jesus. I just love it when those two, two things happen, when, when they give us the end of what happens, the result. Like, if you live this way, if you live this way, don't be anxious for anything, but by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Then the peace of God that transcends all understanding is going to guard your heart. As you are in Christ Jesus. Man, that's good stuff, right? That is so good. That is so good. So let's kind of break this down a little bit and talk about thankfulness in the context of prayer and in the context of how we live it out in our lives and what happens when we're thankful. Being thankful, I just laid it out there in front of us, guards my heart. Being thankful guards my heart. You see, the hearts are the center of who we are. Our hearts are easily tempted and can even be deceived, can be pulled away, can be uh, turned away really, really quickly. And the enemy knows that. The enemy of your heart and your soul and your mind knows that. That if he can distract you in your heart, if he can just distract you even for a moment, he can cause you to be confused and ineffective ultimately. I don't know if you've ever been confused or not. But man, there have been times in my life, in my life walking with Jesus, where I just, I'm, I'm, I find myself just sort of looking around going, God, I don't know what's going on here. I don't understand this situation. I don't know what you want me to do. And I start feeling anxiety sort of rising up in me, and it's causing confusion and, and even a little bit of doubt. I'm like, God, what's going on? Wait a minute, you said you'd never leave me. I don't know where you are. You said that if I followed you, that if I sought your kingdom first, that the things that I needed would be provided to me and that they would be made available to me. And, and it doesn't feel like that's happening. God, what's going on? 
You see, my heart's being pulled. It's being tempted. It's being distracted. Why? Ask yourself this question. Why would Paul say those words that our hearts would be guarded if our heart didn't need to be guarded? He wouldn't have said that. He wouldn't have said that. So he gives us, he provides for us that defense ahead of time to not be anxious with prayer and petition and thanksgiving. Now, here's where the, the, the rub is, if you will. Being thankful is not in your broken nature, nor mine. We have to learn to be thankful. It's a learned behavior. It is something that as we align our hearts with Christ, as we make that faith decision that he empowers us to do, but it's not natural to our broken nature. We have to teach our children to what? Say thank you. When someone gives them something, when someone hands them something, we have to, like I look at my, my kids, like Lily when she was up here this morning, somebody gives her something, I say to her, what do you say? Oh, thank you. Right? We have to teach our kids to say thank you because it's not natural in our broken nature. And before we have a relationship with Jesus, we exist in that broken nature. So we have to learn to say thank you. We have to be reminded to be thankful. Thankfulness guards my heart against selfishness, against greed. Against entitlement. When I can be thankful for what I have. Right? When I can acknowledge that it's a gift. I don't have to be selfish. I can be kind. I can be generous. Because I'm acknowledging that there was something given to me. I'm thankful for what I have. I don't have to worry about more. It certainly guards against entitlement, thinking that I am deserved or I'm owed something. Because when someone who is entitled is given something, th their response is not thank you. Their response sounds more like, what took you so long? Or, is this it? That's, that's a different mentality altogether, right? It's a complete different mentality altogether. And here's the news flash. This isn't a new problem. This isn't a new thing that people have had to deal with. In fact, if you went all the way back to Exodus, in those things that we like to call the Ten Commandments. Anybody familiar with the Ten Commandments? You remember the last one? The last one basically says, don't covet what your neighbor has. So all the way back then, all the way back then, they're, they're, they're trying to figure out, how, how do I live? How do I, how do I, what's my response to God? And it's not to covet. It's not to be jealous of what someone else has. Thankfulness allows me not to be jealous about what someone else has. The second thing does, thankfulness prepares my heart. It prepares me to receive without expectation. When I'm thankful for what I have, when I get more, I am even that more, that much more thankful. God, you have been so good to me. You have been so good to allow me to have this or to give this to me. Oh, wait, I get more? 
Oh, wait, there's more? Can I just tell you something? Follower of Jesus, there's always more. There is always more. I get so, oh, I get so frustrated when I live in this sort of scraping out the scraps mentality of woe is me, kind of God, what's going on? Where are you? Nothing's happening. You know, it's just everything's falling apart. Why is it so hard? Why is it so difficult? That's exactly where the enemy wants to keep me. But I serve and love a God of more. There is always more. And I find that more of us live in that mentality, just sort of scraping by, pulling things together, piecing things together, piecemeal, never going to have enough. More of us live in that place than in the God of more place. And one of the things that he's doing this morning is bringing us forward into the truth of who he is. He is the God of more. Thankfulness allows me, prepares my heart to receive. When I'm thankful for what I have, when I'm thankful for what I have, I can be thankful for what I receive. You know, as, as a counselor, part of the job of pastoring is counseling. You probably know that. I've counseled and talked with so many couples, and I can almost draw a pattern around the difficulties that couples experience. And one of the most common reasons that couples have a difficult time or have trouble in their marriage is unrealistic expectations. Now, don't elbow your spouse and say, yep, I told you. That's not fair. Can't do that. But it's almost always unrealistic expectations. And all of this prayer really is aligning our expectations. It really is giving us perspective, adoration. God, you are amazing. You are all-knowing. You are all-powerful. I might not know the answer, but you do. And as I stay faithful to you and committed to you, I will see that worked out in my life. God, if there's anything between you and I, let's get that thing out of there. Let's remove that roadblock so what you have for me can flow freely into my life. And thank you, God. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for what you've done. You know, it's easy to get cornered into this, this thinking of, well, God hasn't done anything for me. Find ourselves in that place too, right? I don't really see God in my life. Breathe in. That breath was a gift. Look at your hand. Look at your body. It's a gift. It's a gift that God has given you. Start there. Start there. Thank you that I made it here today. Thank you, Lord. Amen. You'll just see how your expectations and your perspective change. Just like the guy in the video, even though it was, it was kind of funny. It was really funny, parts of it. But as you begin to be thankful for what you have, you'll begin to see more of what God's given you. And it lays that foundation, that, that groundwork. It gets our expectations in line. It gets our perspective right. And then finally, being thankful actually frees my heart. It actually frees my heart. It frees my heart to experience what God's given. Man, if I come back with just a, a bad attitude about what God has given, if I come back with just this 
you know, sour attitude or just this, man, is that it? Is that, that's not what I asked for. That's not, that's not what I want. That's what I, not what I need. That just cut off any rejoicing or any celebration in God's provision. That just cut off all of that. And it really binds me up as we've talked about being free. It really binds me up. Thankfulness acknowledges the giver and allows me to enjoy the gift fully. I'm able to experience, I'm able to say, thank you, God. Wow, this is amazing. Your creativity is amazing. Your, your presence is amazing. You know, the scripture teaches that God knows what we need even before we ask him. And has already made provision for that. Come on, that ought to be more exciting than that. That God already knows what you need. He knows you so well and he's made provision already for what you need. He's made that available. Thanksgiving, again, gives me that perspective to know that I have a provider and a friend. A provider. You see, we live in this mentality. We live where we teach our kids that, that, that you know, you need to look out for number one. If anything's going to happen in your life, you have to make it happen. If you're going to have anything, you've got to go get it yourself. These are fairly common themes. And in and of themselves, as we're teaching along with the gospel, they're not necessarily bad things. But if that's all we're saying is your life depends on you, man, we've really created this, this sort of box that our kids end up living in. And maybe you're living in right now. But being thankful opens me up to the understanding and the awareness of God as provider. And just as I said earlier that God is the God of more. What he provides for you and the way that he provides for you will blow you away. If you allow him to. You ever been blown away by God? Man, it is. It's time to do it again. It's time to do it again. It's time to experience that again, where you just get in this situation and the, and the thing gets resolved and you go, wait a minute. How did that happen? It's God's provision. I don't understand it. It's God's provision. Thankfulness frees me to enjoy that. Thankfulness frees me to love him and to experience him. Listen. We've got, we've got to get God out of heaven in our minds. Come on, do you know what I'm saying? Think with me. We've, we just, we've been taught, culture teaches that God is somewhere distant. He is this, this gray-haired guy that's just off somewhere doing whatever he does. And that angels are somehow these weird sort of things that float on clouds and play harps. We've just got this whole weird thinking about God. And he's begging us, get me out of there into your life. Get your understanding right. That's not biblical. God is here right now. He is providing for you right now. He is preparing for you right now. He is answering questions you haven't even thought of yet. Right now. 
I said, why? If you can get that far. Because he loves you. Because he loves you. And being thankful allows me to join in with that, to participate with that. Another thing that thankfulness does, thankfulness allows me to be happy for others. Come on. That's hard. That's hard sometimes. We see our neighbor doing well. We see our coworker doing well. We see someone in our family doing well. It's a challenge, right? Am I the only one? Somewhere in there, it's just this little pull of jealousy or this little pull of, well, why them and not me? There's this little pull of being thankful releases that and allows me to be happy for others. It allows me to just even further that gift by blessing them even further. Wow, I saw that God did that. That is amazing. That is so cool. Man, good for you. You see how that builds? God is building something, building something, building something in community. Building something, building something. It's it, the enemy's tactic to tear down. The enemy's tactic to tear down. So we look for, for little dashboard lights in our life that, that cause us to pay attention to something. And if you get this little tinge in your heart of a little bit of jealousy when someone else does well, the antidote to that, to that is to be thankful. God, thank you for what I have. Thank you for what I have. I know that it's your provision. I know that you are good. I know that you are for me. And man, faith begins to build. Faith begins to rise, and you'll begin to see and experience God in new and exciting ways. Because he is the God of more. He's the God of more.